sermon's going to go. I've got two sermons in my head, and I've been struggling with them this morning. So I don't know where I'm going to go. So let's see where we go. And if it gets a bit messy, let's just believe God's going to make sense of it all for you. So Father God, I just really believe you want to share stuff with us today. And already you've spoken some words which I think confirm that. So I'm just going to ask God that as we go through Scripture right now, you will bring alive for us individually what it is you want us to have. Because I just really sense, Lord, you want to do some individual work today on each one of us. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I don't know where we're going, but I think we might get... Brian Gordon's got the most beautiful voice, eh? Who loves Brian's voice? I'm going to get Brian, who's a cripple, so I'm going to come down and give him the microphone. I'm going to get him to read the scripture today. So, that stands out. We might have a healing and everything. That'll be exciting. Throw that stick away. <laughs> oh, um, so, we're going to have a look at John 10 today. So, turn to the book of John, um, chapter 10. Oh, look, it's happened already. It's a healing. Woo! Oh, gee, I was getting excited. Okay. Hey, do you want a microphone? Or are you? Oh, I'll give you. I wasn't warned, so I didn't bring my reading glasses. (laughs) It was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the festival of dedication. He was in the temple walking through the section known as Solomon's Colonnade. The people surrounded him and asked, How long are you going to keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus replied, I've already told you, and you didn't believe me. The proof is in the work I do in my Father's name, but you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my word. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me, for, I, for my Father has given them to me, and he is more powerful than anyone else. No one can snatch them away from the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Thank you. I love that, that last verse, hey? Hasn't you got a great voice? We should use that more often, hey? We're just going to put it on tape. We read the whole Bible and we'll all listen to it. I love that last line. That's my most favorite line. And John and I, John Sharp and I were talking about that earlier, about that, that sentence. The Father and I are one. That's the most amazing sentence. I wasn't even going to speak on this, but I could, because it is the most incredible sentence. It means so much. It's the whole trinity in that little one verse. The Father and I are one. Um, that oneness, same prayer Jesus prayed in John 17 later on. The book of John, John loves to constantly bring out the significance of the Messiah being Jesus Christ. And when he says, the Father and I are one. I love that. One of my favorite verses, except for the one where Jesus says, I wept. But that one there is a real good one. But I just want to ask you something today. Anyone know what one of these are? Young people, do you know what one of these are? It's a diary. And I was cleaning up my cupboard the other day, and I found, look at all my diaries. Look at that. It's dusty and everything. But it only goes up to about 2006. I must have gone to an electric one then, and that's what I probably, I think I drove over one. Um, but I was looking through my diaries, and it's interesting the people that are in my diaries. 
I, the names in here, like John Sharp's in here a couple of times. And uh, then there's Grant Collins. He's in here. Where's Grant? Grant's in my diary in, in 1999. And then I go back a little bit further. And I, I've got Wendy O'Day. Oh, wow. See, and I go back and there's all these names of significant people in my diary. Grant Collins again. Um, Grant, you're going to come up a lot. Um, but it's interesting whose name is in your diary. Have you ever thought about that? Whose name is in your diary? Whose names are in your diary? Because the people who are in your diary, if you use them, are usually the ones that you want to connect with. They're ones that are important in your life. And some of them you don't want to connect with, but you have to. But there are names in there. And it'd be interesting if I had to look at your Facebook and actually saw some of your friends and some of your contacts. There's probably a few I'd probably get rid of for you and make life a lot happier. But who's in your diary? Because I want to suggest to you today that you are in Jesus's diary. If you're a believer today, if you have given your life to Jesus, you are in his diary. The day of your baptism was written in his diary. And talking about baptisms, we've got two more coming up. So if you haven't been baptized, you better talk to me. We've got a couple coming up maybe next week or the week after. Hasn't been confirmed yet, but I'm excited. More baptisms. So if you haven't been baptized, come and talk to us because it will go in his diary. You're in his diary. Because he wants to you to know that you're in his book. He wants your attention. Because if you have someone in your diary, you're probably going to meet with them. He wants your attention. But he also wants to set your direction. So I want to have a look at this story today. Because it's quite an amazing story. And if I go off track, forgive me. And I'm going to watch my time. Because as I was sitting and pondering this, I got excited about a whole bunch of things. And some of them might hit you and some of them won't. But first of all, we find Jesus. And he's walking through Solomon's court or collard. It's, it's actually the place which was known as the women's gates there. And you may remember it's recorded in Acts a couple of times. We had the healing where the guys said, Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. There was a number of healings. It says later on in Acts where all these healings happened in that little court. It was quite a significant place, Solomon's court. And Jesus is walking through there, it says. It kind of suggests that maybe he might have been walking alone, but I doubt it. But Jesus is walking, it's winter day, and he's walking through. I love that picture, because even today, he's walking through. He's waiting for those that want to gather around him. He's waiting for us who want to meet with him because you're in his diary. And maybe he's got a meeting with you today. Right in the spot of healing, he has a meeting place with you. Because I believe he wants to meet with us. And so he's walking through this, uh, this courts. And he would have been thinking about the celebration. Jesus went to all the feasts. Now, if you read John, you'll know that we're just about to come up to the last finale. We're actually starting to get close now. He's just about to heal Lazarus, which is the, the um, last messianic um, healing to prove that he was the Messiah. We spoke about that a few weeks ago. And he's about to do that. But before he does, he's at this feast. It's a pretty special feast. It's called the Feast of Dedication or the Feast of Hanukkah. Or it could also be called the Feast of Lights. 
It's quite a significant feast. You won't find too much of it in the Bible. But if you go to um, the book of, in the, um, the um, I lost it. I'm going to say the wrong word and I'll be embarrassed. But the Roman Catholic Bible, where's Richard? Richard, the Apocrypha, got it, thank you. I knew I was going to fall. If you find it in the Apocrypha under the Maccabees, it's written in there this story of what happened and why they had this feast. You see, it was about 164 BC. In 164 BC, the Syrian army had come um, and had taken and, um, Jerusalem. And when they took Jerusalem, again, you get this impression that the Jewish people were, oh, here we go again. We've been taken over again under more rule. But they got really, really, really upset when the king allowed um, people to come in and he wanted an idol of Zeus put in the temple. And when they put that in the temple, they destroyed the, the sacrifice. Sorry, they destroyed the place by putting a pig, sacrificed a pig on the altar. The whole place was now defiled. And the Jewish people got really upset. That's the thing that really got them angry. Isn't it interesting? I wonder what things get us really annoyed. What things would we stand up and fight for? What are the things that we would go, I won't stand for that? The putting down of Jesus Christ. But here we have this story. And so what they would do is they, uh, there was a guy called um, Judas Maccabean who came along. And he had four brothers, I believe, and they pulled an army together and they ended up going, we're not going to put up with this. And they fought and they fought until they took the temple back again, and they rededicated it to the Lord. Hence, we call it the Feast of Dedication. But they didn't just dedicate it. The reason it was called the Feast of Light is because one of the things in the temple was it had to have this lamp that constantly burnt. But you see, that was put out. And that also thought, we've got to fix this, but only had enough oil to put in that lamp for one day. And it would take eight days to actually make oil to fill the lamp. So what they did was they used what they had. They used what they had and they put it in the, the, uh, the lantern and they lit it. And miraculously, that thing went for eight days. You see, again, the story there, a reminder that if we give God what we have, he multiplies it. If we give God what we have, he makes it last the distance. If we give God what we have, he will make sure that we've got time to build up our reserves. And this story that they would have gone, and Jesus would have been remembering this story. It was a story of rededication. It was actually known, in a sense, it's the Jewish Christmas, because it was held around about this time, actually a bit closer to Christmas. I believe this year, 2019, the Jewish people will be celebrating on the 22nd of Christmas. And it's a time of great celebration. You don't have to go to the temple. You can celebrate at home. It's a, it's a, it's a festival of, of um, feasting and laughing and giving of gifts. Very similar to ours. And yet here it is, the story of God reclaiming and actually resourcing his temple. Because see, God wants to reclaim you as his temple, and he wants to resource you as his temple. 
because he needs temples to bring back his glory in our kingdom, in this, uh, on this world that we're in right now. That's what he's doing. A few years ago, I remember back, some people may remember Johnston and Georgina. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful couple. And I remember first meeting them many years ago now. And they were doing it tough. Johnson wasn't really a believer at that stage, and they were doing it pretty difficult. It was a pretty hard time. And if you remember Georgina, she actually had some, uh, some um, difficulties with health. And uh, they were struggling, but I met with them, and she was on fire. And I remember meeting with Johnston, and we had a long conversation, and he came to church and uh, ended up, he rededicated his life to Jesus. Remember that. And I just saw this man's life turn around. It was amazing. But I also remember a little while later, Johnson and uh, Georgina asked me if I would redo their wedding vows because their marriage wasn't going too good before his rededication and now it was cruising along. So we had it here, you may remember, they were down the front here and we did their wedding vows and I still got them and they were beautiful. And I remember a a photograph that, that I think Gail Sharp took. And as she took that photograph, I think we might still have it somewhere, there was, I don't know what happened, but there was this beam of light in the photograph coming straight down on top of them. And it was like God is saying, when you rededicate in front of me, I will pour my glory down. I will fill your lampstand up. I will fill your light up if you dedicate yourself afresh to me. And I sensed the word today as I was pondering this early this morning was that God is saying, some of us... Our our temples, we've allowed some enemies to come in and defile our temples. And we've lost some of the spark. We've lost some of the light. We've lost some of the glory that used to be there. That Christianity now is becoming something we do rather than something that we are. That, That there's a possibility that maybe the world, which we live in at the moment, which is constantly trying to pull down, our faith, constantly attacking our faith, constantly diluting our faith. We need to come back and say, I'm not going to put up with that anymore. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to go for Hanukkah again. I'm going to go for the festival of rededication. I'm going to go for the festival of light. And Jesus is walking through, look, this Solomon's court there, and he's walking through And I reckon, because it was the time of the festival, he would have been thinking about that. He would have been considered because there would have been lots of parties going on and he knew that this would be the last time. He knew what was coming up. He knew that what was on the agenda. He knew what was in the diary. And he's coming to that time. And he's thinking about it. And he's thinking about, so what, what is the temple? So here is Jesus, he's walking through, and all of a sudden a whole bunch of people turn up at his, to ask him questions, which you do in the courts. That's what you do to the rabbis when they come, you ask them questions. And this is the question they asked him. They said, Jesus, when are you going to tell us if you are the Messiah? In other words, are you the new Judas Maccabee? Are you the one that's going to come and restore the temple? Are you the one that's going to come and get us back again and push back our enemies? Are you the one? And Jesus' response was very interesting. And I sense today God would say to us individually, oh, I lost my notes, so we're going to have to go off the top of my head. I think he would say to us, is, your, is, is the light burning inside you still? 
because if you give me what you've got, I'm going to burn it because, see, he has come, the light of the world. And he wants to meet with us. And this is what Jesus said. He said to the guys, I've already told you everything. Haven't you seen my signs? Haven't you seen all the messianic miracles that I've done that you thought could never happen? Have you not seen it? And then he reverts back to a story, a parable that he told just before this. Just at the end of the Feast of Tabernacles, he tells a story and he gives an analogy of the shepherd. You see, with the shepherds in those days, what they had was this big, there was a, a place where they would come and they would put the sheep in this um, enclosure and there would be a person sitting at the gate to make sure the sheep didn't escape. This little wall to make sure wolves couldn't get in um, and they looked after the sheep. The shepherd would turn up and he would say, I need my sheep. And they would open the gate and he would whistle or he'd call or he would shout and the sheep knew the voice and they would come. And Jesus starts off by saying, my sheep know my voice. Now my beautiful little granddaughter, Sienna, she's a cutie, I love her. And she, uh, she, she, she's crazy, takes after her mother. Um, and, uh, <laughs> and we've got three chooks at home, right? We've got these little chooks. Well, Sienna has decided that these chooks aren't just chooks. They're her best friends. So they're more important than granddad and nana. Because when she comes to our place, she doesn't even come in the front door. She goes right down the back, straight into the chook pen, and she spends all the time playing with these three chooks. Now, if I was a chook, I'd run. But she picks them up and she puts them down. And I gave them names, which was fried, poached, and uh, scrambled. Um, she changed the names um, and has called them different names. I don't know why. I thought they were good names, but she gave them different names and she calls them by name and she picks them up and she puts them down. Those chickens now, when she turns up, they come to her. It's real. She goes to the gate and isn't it true? They actually come. They actually follow her around the garden. Chickens are following. I don't know why. I don't know what she's got. Um, I would run, but none of these guys, they follow her. You see, when the shepherd comes into his sheep, he has engaged with them so much that they know the sound of his voice. And the first thing that we find when Jesus says, the sheep know my voice, the first thing I want you to know is that, whoa, here we go. Oh, I have got my notes. Here we go. The first thing you need to know is you're in his diary. He's got your name in his diary. It says in the Bible, you are written in the Lamb's book of life. Interesting, in Luke 10, when Jesus sent out the 72, and they came back really excited. They said, you know what happened? We cast out demons, and we saw people healed, and it was so exciting. We saw the power of God come down. Our worship times were awesome. We had, people, we had Brian Gordon came, and he threw his stick away. It was amazing. There was all these miracles just happening. And Jesus says this to them. He says, but don't rejoice because evil spirits obey you, but rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. The actual scripture, the word there for registered, actually means written, which actually means graffito, which is graffiti. Imagine this, your name has been graffitied all over heaven. Been on the train and see the graffiti, and usually some, Jesus is usually in there somewhere, but there are names your name has been graffitied in heaven. 
Do you know that? We need to, uh, there's people here today you need to know. You might be doubting it, but Jesus wants to scribble your name in heaven. Because when you're scribbled in heaven, you can do the things of heaven. When your name is written in the kingdom of God, you will see things bow down. Why? Because your name is written in his name, in his blood. He wants to tell you today you are actually in his book. He loves you. Your name. They're the ones who are going to bring the kingdom of God. They're the ones who are going to rededicate the temple. It's going to be these ones, my people, whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Your name is written. But the second thing I find is that they, they not only written his name, they got his attention because they hear my voice. Now, I'm a male, and it has been said stereotyped, that males have a struggle to do more than one thing at a time. I actually disagree. I just think that males are very focused. You like that? So, <laughs> and and if, if I'm busy doing something, it has been known that my wife might start a conversation and I struggle to catch up with what she's saying because she hasn't got my attention. My attention's somewhere else. My attention's with Colin Sparks is fixing my trailer. Or it might be over there fixing my car. Or it might be watching the TV. Or it might be thinking about something completely different. And my wife will say something and she'll get annoyed because I have to ask her to repeat it twice, maybe three times, because you haven't got my attention. You see, those that are called by his name, they have his attention. And he wants us to give us him our attention. He wants to speak to us. He wants to share things with us. He wants to speak into our lives. And not only that, see, he stands at the door, he says, and he knocks. He's waiting for us to get attention so we can open the door, let him in, and actually hear what he says. Spirit of God wants to say something to us, and sometimes we can't hear it because our minds are somewhere else. Our minds are caught up in our problems. Our minds are caught up in our worries. Our minds are caught, caught up in, in our relationships or that aren't going well. And he says, give me your attention. Worry about nothing but what? Seek first the kingdom of God. Give the kingdom of God your attention. Because he wants your attention. Why? Because you're written in his book. You're his special person. He's got an appointment with you. And he wants your attention. And then the last thing that I find, that he, not only that, but they followed him. They followed him. They didn't just go to the diary and, and find the appointment. They didn't just sit and listen, but his sheep also follow after. I love that concept. Because you see, when you follow after somebody, it's not just that you, they, they actually walk before you. They open up the doors before you. They make the passageway before you. Ever walk through the bush with somebody? Great to have somebody walking in front of you. Because they push all. They, if they get scratched, you know you don't go there. Right? You let them push all the bush away for you. Let them make way for you so you can walk through it. When we follow Jesus, he makes way for us. He sets the path. And we just follow behind. And then Jesus said this. This is the promise. He wants us to rededicate our lives to him by first of all knowing that our names are written down. Secondly, that we will listen 
to what the Spirit of God would say to us. And thirdly, that we would follow behind him. And this is the promise. John 10, 28. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. Here's a promise for you. No one can take you away from Jesus because you have eternal life. I mean, maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe you've never actually responded. Maybe you've, that you've missed the diary appointment. Because today I think he wants to say, I want to call you. I want to walk with you. I want to engage with your life. I want you to be one of my sheep because I want to be your shepherd. I want to walk. We need a church today in our country. I'm not talking about an organization. I'm talking about the church as individuals that are rededicated, that we would get the junk off the altars. Individual, I'm not talking about church, don't start. I'm talking about us, the church. We are the church. Me, Steve Hall. What stuff is on my altar that's defiling this temple? That's why we do communion every week. What is the things that are defiled? What, what things in this world have I allowed to come in? And it squashed the light of Jesus. When I come back and say, God, I want to rededicate myself to you. I want to rededicate this life to you. Because you're calling me by name. You want my attention and you want me to follow you. Let's just pray. I'm going to get the team up. Father God, just uh, ask right now by your spirit. Lord, you've, uh, you've got a whole bunch of temples in this place, including me. And we want to say to you, God, that, yep, we've allowed the world to come and to defile the altars that you've built within us. Because you said we are a holy priesthood, a royal people. As you said, the, the, the temple, that we are the temple of the living God. And I'm going to ask now, Father God, that you would convict us even now, that we might actually be prepared to fight for that which honours you that we would give you what we've got, that you would reburn that fire inside us and because we are your children, because we are your sheep we're going to gather together with you and bring the kingdom of God to earth because that's what you came to do and we're going to follow you you called us your sheep and you are our shepherd and you love us I'm going to ask you to stand for one moment I'm going to ask you right now if the Spirit of God is speaking to you I want you to respond maybe for the first time you want to say you know what I don't know if my name is written in that Lamb's Book of Life I'm not actually really sure I became a Christian because mum and dad said I should I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure I've got that burning inside me anymore. I'm not really sure. There's so much stuff and so much hurt and pain in my life. It's got in the way, but could you hear his voice? Because he's calling you by name. He's calling you by name. Shepherd's standing at the, at the compound now and he's calling your name. 
calling you out. If that is you and you've never given your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. And by everyone else's eyes are bowed, I've probably got one person who just might see. But put up your hand because I think Jesus is calling you by name. He's actually saying, come on, this is your time. Your time to actually personally give your life to Jesus. To step into everything he has for you. Not borrow it. Not share it with somebody else, but this is yours. Would you give your life to Jesus today? Put up your hand and we'll, we'd love to pray with you. We'd love to share with you. What I'm going to do, I'm going to ask you to. I'm going to pray a prayer in a moment. And maybe you need to say, you know what? I want to rededicate this temple to God today. I want my own Hanukkah. I want my own dedication. I want a fresh life. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to do something right now. I'm going to ask you to put your hands out with your palms facing up. Symbolic as to let go, but also symbolic to receive in. And I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray the Holy Spirit will just come right now. And He would re, He would blow into flame that candle that started to go out. Because the world doesn't need a whole bunch of Christians that just go to church on a Sunday. They want temples of the living God who is burning and shining and dedicated to the King of Kings and to the Lord of Lords. If your hands are out, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father God, I come before you with those in this room with their hands out. Say, Spirit of God, I... I recognize that there's stuff in my heart, there's stuff in my life that is defiled and has taken out the light that used to burn so bright. I got busy. I got hurt. I got confused. I got distracted. I want to just let my hands out right now and just give them to you. Say, now would you just refresh this temple. I'm going to pray, Holy Spirit, right now, like tongues of fire on the day of Pentecost, would you set a light, a new flame inside me that will burn and burn and burn until I've run out of my oil that will keep on burning and burning and burning. When I've run out of my resources, it will keep burning and burning and burning. And Father God, that you will burn in us a light that will shine out to the world. And we say, Lord God, right now, would you use us as your church, individuals, your church, use us to bring glory to your name in a world that desperately needs you. A world that desperately needs not an organization, but individuals who are on fire for Jesus and just want to just share the gospel and share the love, to pray for people who are sick, to pray for people who are hurting in the shopping centers, to pray for people who are, who are desperately lonely, that you would use us, Lord God, to do the things that you would do. Amen.